OWS fam, Hilo again, bringing you another divisional breakdown, what to expect primer. Uh, good news, I'm back in my house. These fans are finally out, so it should be a little bit quieter, uh, and I am definitely more comfortable. So let's go. All right, starting with the Bears. They brought in Sean Desai, a defensive coordinator. Uh, expect Vic Fangio influence with cover two scheme and pretty low blitz rates uh, as we as is the norm kind of for these Vic Fangio systems. They that being said though they have a pretty young secondary with Jalen Johnson, Tayshawn Gibson, Eddie Jackson and Kendall Vildor. Uh, but the strengths of this defense are it's uh, up front or front 7. So expect a, a 3-4 scheme with that front 7. Um, and they have veterans all through that front seven. Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, and then they brought in a rookie nose tackle, uh, Curious Tonga, to mix in with veteran nose tackle Eddie Goldman uh, for that run-stopping role. Uh, So again, the strength of this defense is going to be that front seven, and it's going to need to be, honestly, with the low blitz uh, frequency that we can expect from the Bears. Uh, because if because of the the youth in that secondary, it's really I would call their weakness. Not necessarily a glaring weakness when you look at it compared to other rosters in the NFL, um, but it is a comparable weakness uh, when looking at their defense as a whole. So if they were to have high blitz rates, it would put more strain on that secondary and require those guys to be making plays more often. So. This defense is basically predicated on this front seven winning without having to blitz uh, because, uh, again, with it, it would put too much stress on that secondary. Over to the offensive side of the ball and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has averaged 9.6 targets per healthy game over the previous five seasons. That is absolutely incredible. So we can expect solid weekly floor from Allen Robinson. I've been targeting him rigorously at the end of the third round in best ball. Um, he's going to need that volume. Obviously he is not the highest a dot wide receiver. Uh, but so for a DF- game like DFS weekly game, he's going to need that volume to really pay off, uh, his kind of, I don't even want to talk about salary multipliers cause I'm trying to get away from that. Uh, if you've been reading my stuff this year, um, but for a ceiling game in a DFS setting, he's really, really going to need, um, a spike in, volume to really pay off uh, his mediocre or moderate ADOT rule. On the other side of that coin, Darnell Mooney. So he is this team's intermediate to deep threat. It was almost maddening watching him play last season because constantly getting open, constantly uh, running pristine routes. Uh, really, really liked this kid, uh, but he was <laughs> there was nobody at quarterback that could get him the ball deep. Um, so this year now, Again, starting off the year with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not known for being the most adept, deep passer. So this is kind of something to keep in your back pocket, hopefully, once Fields does take over this quarterback position, um, who exhibits plus arm strength. And the biggest knock on Fields has been his time to release, how long he holds on to the ball. 
he was last out of all quarterbacks in preseason in time to release this year. And I think that's, uh, again, goes into a little bit of why they're starting this season with the uh, veteran quarterback as opposed to the rookie. Um, but that's not as big an issue when you're talking about a guy like Darnell Mooney, who is running these deeper routes. Uh, so excited for Darnell Mooney once, or I guess if or when and or when Fields takes over at quarterback, uh, I'll be looking to fire Darnell Mooney before the field catches on. This team, one of the worst run teams, I would say, in the NFL. Uh, they have a ton of money locked up at the quarterback position and the tight end position that seemingly does not need to be, uh, obviously with Andy Dalton and Jimmy Graham there. Cole Komet looks like uh, he's just waiting for his snap rate. You know, At the tail end of last season, uh, he was seeing those snaps and he had um, the best run of his short career. Uh, but he looks like the tight end of the future for the Bears. It looks like uh, once he is given a featured role where he's not competing with uh, the ghost of Jimmy Graham, but he played basketball, so it's cool. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, sorry, tight end joke. Uh, once Cole Komet gets really the the bulk of the snap rate out of the out of, on this team in the tight end position, uh, I expect big things. I don't expect that to be the case to start the year. We're likely to see Jimmy Graham stubbornly being used um, in first and second down situations to start the year. So. Um, really waiting for Cole Komet to take over before I'm firing him up in a DFS contest. Another addition to this team, Damian Williams, was added to the backfield. Obviously a dynamic running back uh, with that history of off-the-field issues, um, but with a capable running back finally, and we also have to talk about Terry Cohen coming back from injury, likely not to start the season um, in any prominent role, but uh, could both of these guys, Damian Williams and Tariq Cohen, are likely to cut into Dave Montgomery's workload that we grew accustomed to at the end of last season. So Dave Montgomery was one of the uh, more sure things when it came to projected workload towards the middle to the end of last season. That is likely to take a hit as the season goes on. Also, when you talk about uh, a backup or a change of pace running back as dynamic as Damian Williams is, has a three down skill set um, that is likely to cut into Dave Montgomery's work as we start the season as well. So I'll be looking to uh, probably not be playing Dave Montgomery to start the NFL season because we talk about epistemology, we talk about game theory, we talk about recency bias, all the stuff that I've been talking about this offseason ad nauseum. I think a lot of the field is going to have this hangover lingering effect, this memory of David Montgomery and his uh, almost elite usage uh, as we finished up last season. So keep that in mind moving forward here. On along the offensive line, they're projected to have uh, a bottom five offensive line this season, checking in at four, uh, fourth worst, that is, by PFF. They lost longtime starters Charles Leno's, Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey, and those guys are likely to be replaced up front by newcomer Elijah Wilkinson, who comes over from Denver, and then one of two rookie selections that they took in this year's draft. In 2020, this team had a six, uh, was ranked sixth in the league in situation neutral pass play rate at 62%. I would expect that to remain fairly consistent as we move into 2021 
with the shortcomings of this offensive line. Also, we're likely to see this more short to intermediate uh, passing attack like we saw last season. So again, plus plus to Allen Robinson's expected volume. In 2020, this team ranked 24th in uh, yards per rush attempt at 4.1 yards. Uh, and the offensive line has gotten worse or at best has more unknowns. Uh, so again, not really targeting this backfield. I didn't target this backfield in season long or best ball. And I'll probably be looking to go elsewhere, uh, assuming what I'm projecting for this offense, how to look uh, remains uh, the case for the first couple of weeks in the season. We talked about Jimmy Graham still being on the roster. That's likely going to delay Cole Komet's true breakout. Um, again, I will likely be staying away from that situation completely uh, as the season kicks off here. You would think with a poor offensive line uh, and a high pass rate that the running backs would have seen a high target rate in 2020. That wasn't the case. They had the sixth lowest running back target rate in 2020 at 14.8%. You know, some people might say, you know, what about the injury to Tariq Cohen? Did that influence anything? And it really did not. So they were just not targeting running backs uh, heavily to begin with in this offense. David Montgomery is a capable pass catcher and just was not seeing uh, you know, seeing that standard trickle of four to five targets a game. But again, that was because he was playing 85 plus percent of the snaps in the backfield. Uh, personally, I don't see much to like out of this backfield for 2021. Uh, and Allen Robinson's really the only player until or unless uh, Fields takes over this offense uh, that I'm really interested in. Um, again, Allen Robinson could push for uh, the league lead in targets once again this season. Uh, in four healthy seasons over the last five years, Allen Robinson has eclipsed 151 targets. So you talk about now a 17-game season, he is pushing for 160 targets in a standard year. So that is a pretty insane volume. That'll do it for the Bears. Let's move over to the Lions. Lions have a slew of new coaching. They cleaned house. Obviously, Dan Campbell came in as the head coach over from New Orleans as the tight ends coach there. We don't have to get into the, I guess, the, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but Dan Campbell is a character. We're not going to get into that. Uh, however, Anthony Lynn comes over as the offensive coordinator from the Chargers head coaching position. Historically, his schemes are a plus to running back expectations, but we'll break down exactly what we're expecting from this offense this year. Lynn's system is basically predicated on establishing the run. I hate saying that, uh, but that is literally what he's looking to do. He, the problem with uh, doing that, he's looking to set up deep passing through uh, a natural occurrence through establishing the run game on the ground. The problem with that, again, is it becomes extremely predictable. Looking at last season on the Chargers, let's look at their run pass rates on early downs versus third downs. On first and second downs in 2020, the Chargers threw the football only 53% of the time, which was bottom five in the league. On third down, however, they passed an insane 81% of the time. So 
for a comparison, that was just 4% lower than his new team, the Lions, who held the highest third down pass rate in 2020. So we talk about a new coaching scheme, a new offensive scheme coming into the house when really this offense is going to appear on paper pretty similar to 2020. Uh, they replaced an apple with an apple instead of moving from an apple to an orange, basically. The Chargers also ranked fifth in the league in running back target rate at 25.5% in 2020. And... They how that shook out, they ended up filtering the second most targets uh, in the league to the position over the course of a full year, checking in at 156 targets to the running back position. And that was more than New Orleans with a guy by the name of Alvin Kamara. So just for uh, a little comparison there. The backfield should be down to a two man loose committee with DeAndre Swift and newcomer Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is capable of uh, stepping into a third, a three down or a workhorse role. So um, similar to DeAndre Swift, if one of the two were to get hurt, I'd expect it to be primarily uh, a workhorse uh, with whoever is left over. We talked about the heavy uh, running back target rates from the Chargers uh, from Lynn's time there. I currently have Swift projected for 85 targets over the full course of this season, um, and that's going to land him top three at the running back position when we talk about purely targets. Another reason why I've been targeting him heavily in the end of the fourth round in best ball, that's going to add to a weekly floor and still provide him you know, with his skill set uh, the opportunity to reach uh, a weekly ceiling. We don't know how the snap rates are going to play out, these two running backs uh, didn't play together in the preseason. Um, so we're kind of in the dark and waiting. I would expect to start the year. Swift is going to be the lead back. I wouldn't even call it a 1A, 1B. He's likely going to be the lead back with a 60 to 65% snap rate uh, with Jamal Williams spelling him. And it's not going to be like a early down back and a third down back because both of these guys are capable in each of those roles. So it's more likely in my mind going to be uh, a situational roles as well as um, keeping fresh body at the running back position on the field uh, to wear out a defense later in the game. For DFS purposes, really um, the ceilings amongst these running backs is going to be difficult to predict. Uh, it's going to be based on broken plays and touchdowns heavily. Uh, but the floor for DeAndre Swift from a week-to-week -week perspective is going to be fairly high. That said, if one of the other of these guys misses time, the other would basically jump into a must-start status as likely going to be that workhorse guy as both are capable in all three downs. Another boon to this backfield, PFF charges the Lions with the 10th ranked overall offensive line heading into 2021. So that's going to help establish... Uh, this uh, offensive scheme that Anthony Lynn is going to be looking to execute. Again, heavy rush rates on first and second down with heavy pass rates uh, on third down. When we talk about downfield passing, we talked about how this team is looking to set up the downfield pass by establishing the run. They released Geronimo Allison and Brashad Perriman, so their starting wide receivers are going to be 
Tyrell Williams, second-year player, my boy, Blue, Quintez Cephas, and then rookie Amon Ross St. Brown out of the slot. Obviously, Matt Stafford is out. Jared Goff is in. And Goff was did basically did not show any improvement in the preseason with respect to his deep field passing acumen. He struggled with the deep ball in camp and preseason, which could be an issue when we look at how this offense wants to operate under Anthony Lynn. The Chargers, Lynn's last stop, filtered 130 total targets to tight ends in 2020. A vast majority of those are likely to fall into TJ Hawkinson's mitts, uh, who is uh, one of the top young tight ends in the league. Think Travis Kelsey uh, four years ago. So looking at Hawkinson to take a viable step forward here this season, the usage is likely to ebb and flow dependent on the matchup, uh, as again, this offense is really predicated on establishing the run first and then having the pass game organically branch out from that. So when we think about this offense overall, I expect a bump to TJ Hawkinson's volume. I expect a bump to DeAndre Swift's volume and both of those really coming primarily through the passing game. Aaron Glenn is also was also brought in as a new defensive coordinator. He comes over from New Orleans. He was their defensive backs coach. I'd expect a more complex defensive scheme. In 2020, this team ran a very vanilla coverage scheme. And in 2021, I'd expect that to uh, be a, a bit more complex. And it's going to mix uh, man and zone con- coverage concepts. Um, also expect a higher situational blitz rate and zone coverages on third down. When we talk about a team that didn't have a lot of personnel changeover on the defensive side, but they do have a schematic change um, and that scheme gets a little bit more complex, what we're likely to see is some struggles early season as uh, the players themselves um, adapt and look to pick up this new complex scheme. What that's going to do, what I expect, I'm likely, I'm looking at this team to give up chunk plays to start the year. Week one, who do they play? They play the 49ers, basically an offense predicated on doing exactly that, taking advantage of chunk plays through stretching a team vertically and horizontally uh, to open up that space for their playmakers to make plays with the ball in their hand. So, you know, who do they have? They have the highest yak tight end over the last 20 years in George Kittle. They have Debo Samuel. Uh, they have Brandon Ayuk. These guys, these wide receivers who are known for doing damage with the balls in their hand. And then, oh, by the way, they have Raheem Mostert, the fastest running back in the NFL. So wheels up for San Francisco in week one. That'll do it for Detroit. We'll move over to the Packers. Packers brought in Joe Barry at defensive coordinator. He was the Rams linebackers coach in 2020. They drafted dynamic slot wide receiver Amari Rodgers in the 2021 NFL draft. And then the other Rodgers basically mandated that they bring back Randall Cobb because breaks up, breakups are hard. Uh, I have no idea why that happened, but uh, breakups are hard. Uh, so they brought back Randall Cobb, basically mandated uh, by Aaron Rodgers. I expect Marquez Valdez-Scantling to closely tail Devontae Adams in snap rate. Reports out of camp are he's developed more between the ears, he's developed a higher focus, and that really has been his only glaring weakness to date. 
extremely gifted physically, uh, but he struggled with drops. He struggled with um, breaking out of routes at the top uh, end of routes the wrong way. Uh, so that meant those mental lapses have really been what has hold, uh, held MVS back. Uh, with those hopefully on the mend or being fixed, uh, I am extremely high on Marquez Valdez-Scantling this season. The Packers drafted Eric Stokes to start opposite um, lockdown all-world corner Jair Alexander, who is legitimately a top up-and-coming quarter in the league. He allowed the fifth lowest passer rating and the second lowest completion percentage in his primary coverage in 2020. This dude is a stud. Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos also form a formidable safety tandem. Uh, so when we look at uh, or when we look at this defense here shortly, uh, we're going to see kind of how these players fit uh, with the defensive scheme. Their defensive weakness in 2020 was clearly against the run and short intermediate uh, passing uh, via linebackers and coverage. So running backs and tight ends really taking advantage of this team in the passing game. And again, that makes a little bit more sense when we look at the personnel available. In 2020, this offense was the league's most efficient offense. They were first in points per drive, drive success rate, and time of possession per drive. They were second in yards per drive, but they were only 11th in plays per drive. So what does that mean to me? They were hitting those chunk plays um, and they were extremely efficient in doing so. Enter MVS, who led the league in ADOT amongst qualified wide receivers, wide receivers with over 30 targets, at 17.7. So 17.7 yards per, um, uh, per target is absolutely insane. This dude was working deep. He was getting open, and he did have some costly drops that we kind of referred to earlier. So look for those. Uh, again, highly uh, excited about MVS's prospectus uh, from a season-long standpoint. So really not much else to say about this offense uh, as far as what to expect goes. It remains largely similar to what we saw in 2020. They have lost two offensive linemen from that, uh, um, really the top offensive line in the, in the league two years ago. Um, but they have filled those gaps uh, as best as they can and still maintain a top six or seven offensive line in the league. So this defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard actually was offered the job, turned it down, uh, and the job eventually went to Joe Barry. So what does that tell me? Joe Barry was not this team's first choice for defensive coordinator, not settling, but settling, uh, if that makes sense. Barry is expected to continue the zone-heavy scheme adapted through his time with Brandon Staley over with the Rams. Um, and the Packers' back end of this defense really does hold the personnel to make this scheme effective. Uh, but what it's going to require is increased pressure off the edge and better nose tackle play. So stopping the run, clogging those gaps inside to, be, to really take the next step forward uh, as a defensive unit. All right, that will do it for the Packers. Moving over to the final team, the Vikings. Clint Kubiak uh, steps in as the offensive coordinator, promoted from the quarterbacks coach uh, and obviously from the Kubiak and Shanahan coaching tree uh, from his father. Uh, expect a zone blocking and outside stretch run scheme. 
with heavy play action, dynamic formations, quarterback movements, uh, post-snap, crossing routes. Uh, and uh, really what that means to me is this is even more so than 2020, a Dalvin feast fest expected for 2021. Uh, Phelan should be operating short to intermediate crossing routes out slants. Jefferson should be operating those intermediate to deep crossing routes, digs, goes, outs, hooks, uh, a little bit more of a dynamic route tree than even Thielen until we get to the red zone where Thielen really excels. Obviously, big news out of this camp, Irv Smith was injured. Uh, meniscus surgery, surgery to repair that meniscus, so he is likely done for the season. That injury prompted the signing of the ghost of Chris Herndon, uh, who will likely rotate with Ty Conklin and be used in 12 personnel formations. In my mind, Ty Conklin is still the lead uh, tight end. He is the more capable blocker, and he is not, does not, I guess this offense does not take as big of a hit as you would initially think um, from playing Ty Conklin as compared to the more athletic Chris Herndon. Ty Conklin isn't that far off uh, from a pure athletic standpoint. Big picture, though, with this offense, personnel-wise, uh, is this offense is, again, going to be extremely concentrated in 2021. Uh, last year, we talked about this ad nauseum, uh, even running some either-ors of either Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson or Thielen, so uh, making rules of at least one uh, Viking uh, skilled position player on every lineup. That is, again, going to be the case here for the start of 2021. And I don't see that changing as we move deeper into the season. So after finishing the year ranked 26th in run blocking metrics in 2020, Minnesota invested significant draft capital to secure Christian Dersaw, PFF's highest graded tackle in the nation coming out of college. The weakness of this offensive line has been on the inside, which is somewhat mitigated if you think about it uh, via the new offensive scheme. Uh, with the likely stretch concepts that Kubiak is going to look to establish. On the defensive side of the ball, we have a co-defensive coordinator uh, situation here with Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer. Uh, big picture, it's really it's going to be head coach Mike Zimmer's defensive scheme. They did overhaul their defensive personnel, including defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, a nose tackle, uh, one of the top run stoppers in the league. Three members of the secondary, including Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Woods, and Patrick Peterson. So look for this team to really focus on stopping the run first and foremost uh, to force teams into uh, late down and long distance to go situations. Um, from there, in those clear passing situations, look for complex coverage schemes uh, looking to create confusion amongst the quarterback, the opposition. All right, that'll do it for the NFC North. Uh, I'm going to keep chugging away and get these out to you guys as quickly as I can. Uh, it is currently 2 p.m. on Friday, and I'm trying to aim to get the rest of these divisions out by the end of the day. We'll see you.